Welcome to the Real Estate Fight Club, a podcast for agents where you'll witness a battle of opinions about topics affecting your real estate business. There are many ways for agents to achieve success. The secret is to find which approach will work for you. Now, always in your corner, here are your hosts, Jen Mertland and Monica Weekly. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Fight Club. What's up, Jen Martland? What's up, Monica? If uh, people aren't watching this on YouTube, Monica's in the green room. Yeah, yeah. I took off my Zoom virtual background and I'm just being real right now. The real me just has this freaking whatever this is. But isn't the green room where you're supposed to ask for like, I only want the blue M&Ms. Yes. What would be your request in the green room? Your like ridiculous um, request. My ridiculous request would be uh, Burt's Bees. I need like a couple things of Burt's Bees. Like what? Lip balm. Lip balm. Your lips are that chap. Drink some water, girl. I just, I just love it. I do drink water, but I just love, I love having it so much. And then I would want lime LaCroix. What would you want? I mean, I'll take lime LaCroix as long as there's also vodka. Yeah. Tito's Tito's for sure. No, I like gray goose. Oh, really? Tito's is like sweet kind of, but I think, okay. Mine would be, I don't know, like a back scratcher, like somebody with long nails that will scratch my back in my head. (laughs) Yeah, that would be a good idea. I didn't go far enough with this this little game we're playing. You got to think big, man. You know what I like snack wise is the. Do you know what I mean when I say cowtails? The caramel with the white stuff. I freaking love those. This is the end of today's podcast and the end of our show forever because we cannot agree (laughs) on snacks. (laughs) Well, shocker. We don't agree on snacks. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Real Estate Fight Club. We love it when you show up to the ring to watch this debacle go on every week. And today, I'm sure we'll be no exception. Yes. Today we are going to talk about, uh, Jen and I are going to duke it out over this subject. Should verbal offers count? <laughs> now, be clear. We know they don't. Yes. All right. The question is, should they count? What do you think, <sighs> Mert? I think it's hard. I think that there are, t- I think, in general, most of the time, them not counting makes sense, right? Because people will say stuff, but then, and you, and there have been times where all of us have been like, yeah, the buyer and seller agree, right? Write it up. And then in writing, it like changes. And you're like, wait a it's minute, something different. what mm-hmm. happened? Like, and they changed their mind. And that's so annoying, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I think like, there's also a difference. I don't know. There's some times where it makes sense. And I'm trying to think of like, when it does, or when it's like, until it gets written up. Like if you're working with like a big investor or something like that, a lot of times that does have to be done verbally first or Mm -hmm. through text or something like that. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think in other countries, it's done a lot too verbally, but is it, yeah, I don't believe so. But in a lot of other countries too, there's a lot more dual agency. So it's different. And I think if it's dual agency, that's different too. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I think it absolutely should not count. I think that would be a big giant freaking mistake and I'm glad it doesn't. And we're good. Like this isn't one of those things where we need the Jen Mertland explosion TNT to blow it up. I think it's just, <laughs> we don't need to blow it up. The way it is. 
Now, can you imagine though, if, if it did and we were, you know, the listing agent and you had a buyer's like, you know, don't, don't take anything. I've got, I've got a buyer and, and they're offering you $500,000 cash and no inspections. And you're like, okay, I'll put all this on hold for right. that. And like you said, by the time it gets it to the paper, it. it's not the same. No, that but I think, faster. I think you have to know like who the, if you know who the clients are, sometimes that is like, but you also have the caveat, right. Of like, Hey, you know, it's not in writing yet. So like, while we agree and, and less and until it's fully signed, there's Mm -hmm. actually no agreement, but you Mm -hmm. can do all this stuff ahead of time. You know what I mean? But if it's a normal, traditional transaction, I think it muddies the waters. What about the things that happen when sometimes by accident, your clients get to interact with, let's say your clients are the buyers, your Mm -hmm. clients get to interact with the sellers for some reason. Oh, by accident, because the sellers are there during yes. every showing or they're talking to them on the right yes. camera that they haven't disclosed or yes. they're sitting next door just you know yes. making sure and they say oh we're gonna oh oh i promise we're gonna we're gonna fix that we're gonna fix that is that a verbal contract yeah that's a great question and i that has happened right a yeah, lot of times of course. and it's yeah. like you have to and we did an episode on like having that hard talk with the seller like, mm-hmm. man, you can't take the fridge. Like you can't like, right? right. So this is the same conversation. It's like, okay, you told them that you would fix it. And I know you told them because you told me you told them. Right. So let's and, honor our word here. Yeah. I think that's the phrase that comes into play in, in the verbal discussions is honor your word. Right. And we all know because we've been in the business long enough. Right. That just doesn't work the way you think it should. <laughs> it's always the people that are like, well, my people are very high, you know, da, 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 da. They're like, right. trust, trust. They, me. You can yeah. trust them. They're very virtuous people are the ones. Look, mm-hmm. I always say, if you have to tell me you're a good person, you're not, you're probably you're not. not. Yeah. You're probably not. If somebody says, trust me. <gasps> it's like a big red flag. Like, yeah. Like, is there some reason I wouldn't trust you? Like, do you regularly have to say this? Do you probably know what I mean? (laughs) Exactly. So if you're the agent and you hear of that, this conversation went on, you know, should you take action on that really quickly? Yes. Put it in writing. If you're the, like, if you're the buyer's agent and it's something that the seller said they're going to get fixed, it's your responsibility to to get that in writing. It is. I don't think it's the listing agent's responsibility, right? It's who's ever client benefits the most from it, from it. So there's been times the other is reversed, right? Where the buyers come through and um, they talk to the seller and like, Oh my God, we love this house. We want to offer on it. Then as the listing agent, it's our job to be like, yo, your client said they want to offer on it. Do they want to offer on it? Normally they don't because nobody's going to tell you to your face. Your baby is ugly. <laughs> right. So they're just being nice. As they're they just being through. nice. Another argument for why the seller should never be at home during the during this there is well ever. yeah i mean sometimes what? it's what oh we should i don't think we've done an episode on that have we oh coming up flat out should the sellers be able to be home during show right let's see i think that we've already showed our cards at what we'll argue We're for the other doing. side is there a world that i think texting off the texting the terms is different or do you think it's different than verbal Okay, that's a good question. What if it was faxed, Monica? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would mean in handwritten, handwritten fax. 
Like, you know, how they- yeah, right, right. <laughs> no, I think there's a reason we have a hard line and that's why we all use accepted contracts. It's because that is the only, you, you have to draw a line in the stand somewhere that we mm-hmm. all can agree on. And the text falls short of that. And, and yes, it's a little bit more concrete than a verbal discussion, but it still falls short of all of the rest of the legal freaking jargon that needs well, to Well, and that's still the same, right? Like, and unless and until everything that's is- right filled out, everything is initial because there have been times, I mean, in the digital age, it's so confusing too, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, we've been sending a contract. It's like they cross wires or whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're sending mm-hmm. it for initial for a change. But by the time it got to you and got back to me, we got another offer in that. I'm right. sorry, just got accepted. Like it sucks, but like, right. Now that's interesting because, okay, I hadn't thought about that angle. And that is the, like, you know, you've got the verbal agreement basically, and you're just buttoning the thing up with. Yeah. But like everything was a thing, but there was like one change that needed to be made. Yeah. Right. And that left the contract open. It so leaves I it open. didn't have the discussion with my clients that say, you know, there's been times where you couldn't get the signature that night and you have to say to the agent, we're good. I promise we're good. And I have to check with my sellers and say, I'm giving them the commitment that we're good no matter what comes in. Is that, are you good for that? Yeah, we're good for that. Oh yeah, until one $20,000 or, you know, $50,000 more comes in, then what? Yeah. Have you ever had that discussion with your sellers? Yes, and a contract. Yes, and the contract has come in higher. And then what? I've had, I've had it happen a couple of times, actually. So one of the times they just felt like they had, they had already told these people that they were going to do it. And to them, it was still a good price. So they were fine. The other time they were like, yeah, but I mean, legally, yeah, but money talks and yeah, it depends on your seller, right? Like if they're an attorney, (laughs) 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 I, yeah, if they're an attorney, then, then what, (laughs) then they're gonna no, but like it does, it depends because you can't really ever say so you have got to button it up as soon as possible what role though do you play as fiduciary to them on that versus your reputation that's that whole ethical versus legal kind of i know but it is really up to them right and i think like i think you have to be careful of saying that to guaranteeing that because you cannot guarantee it and it's like we are good for now and and they have authorized me to cancel all the showings tomorrow but like and i'll do that but i can't tell you from any of the showings today i haven't heard Mm -hmm. back from anybody but like until or unless this Mm -hmm. is done it's still open right now they're excited for your client's offer but like shit that's the safe conversation to have with the other agent versus, yeah, we're good. My client gave his word. We're good. Go to bed and we'll see you in the morning. I think overstepping strange. bounds as an agent runs rampant mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. our industry. I don't know that it's always with the intent of overstepping bounds. I agree with that sentence. However, I think a lot of times the agent has been told that like, we're good. We, we got it. We're good. Or they and just understood the conversation seller. in that way. And it wasn't mm-hmm. accurate or people changed mm-hmm. their mind all the time. And we're not a party of the contract. Correct. Correct. So just an agent. Get it signed. Now, what if, what if, 
instead of telling the agent, it was emailed to the agent. Like the seller sent it to the agent, the listing agent, the listing agent forwarded it to the buyer's agent. We are in agreement with this buyer on blah, 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 blah. I know that's more yeah. of a legal question. I was just going to say that sounds like solid. a phone call to brokers. Yeah. 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 In a minute that would go to my brokers because I don't know the legal answer to that. To me, it still falls into, hey, this is not how I would do business. And I thought we were on the same page, you know, ethically there. But I don't know if that's right. I just, that's how I would lean. I don't know. Shall we take a break? I think we need to. I'm sleepy. No, I'm just kidding. You can't take a nap. When oh, listen no, to our amazing partners. Get some coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear from our favorite partners. And when we return, we will have the final punches. Are you where exactly you want to be in your business and in your life? Chances are you're probably not. So you've been thinking about coaching. You know that in order to get you where you want to go from where you currently are, you're going to need help. You need accountability. You need clarity. You need processes. You need systems. You need people. That is what a coach does. And I know you've been thinking about coaching, but you're scared to take the leap. And I totally get it. So Monica and I were talking and we are going to give you a taste of coaching with my coach, Coach John Kitchens. So Monica and I are going to pay for the first 60 days with him, which your life will be completely different in the next 60 days. Go to trial.coachcode.com. There's a section for sponsor put Fight club in that section. Monica and I will pay for the first 60 days and all you have to do is show up. Go to trial.coachcode.com and enter Fight Club. If you're like me, then what you need right now is great leads. My number one lead source is a marketing engine called Pipeline Pro Tools. So we've hooked up with them to give you the playbook that I'm using that has generated over 12 leads in the last 90 days. So go to pipelineprotools.com slash fight club book a quick demo so that they can help you figure out how many leads you will need in order to get the business that you're looking for. And then they will give you the playbook that I've been using for free. Again, that's pipelineprotools.com slash fight club. Welcome back. Let's get back to the battle inside the ring and close out with our final round. I don't know that anyone's like, you know, black and blue on this one, because of course, the law is very clear that it, yeah. you know, contracts do not count in this, at least in our state. But I think it There's does a lot of gray. some gray sometimes. Yeah. Mm. And the whole idea of the email and the whole idea of I promise. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think there are times to your point, there are times when the contract cannot be signed, right? Like the person's like literally in the plane or where they work, like there's no, they literally cannot do it. Right. So I think in that case, having the sellers acknowledge that it in writing that they are in alignment and that we are waiting on the specific thing and maybe even acknowledge, like, I don't think they'll go so far as to say if another offer comes in, we won't take it, we won't take but it. they'll probably right. acknowledge that this one is the one. I think that puts you in your best. Mm-hmm. If they'll do it, <laughs> if they'll I do mean, it. if I'm the seller, I, I mean, I'd be like, I really want to give it to this person and I hope they get it signed. 
is it worth the conversation with your clients? Like when it's 11 o'clock at night and that situation comes up and you're like, all right, we're not getting the other. I'm not talking to anybody at 11 o'clock at night. Well, late or whatever's for you. Yeah. I don't either. Before happy hour. We'll just say before happy hour. (laughs) When this happens. Okay. Carry on. What is the question? Okay. So the question is, you know, what kind of conversation is necessary with your clients about, all right, we're giving a verbal commitment. What does that mean to you? Like, yeah, right. I think that's a good point. And it's like, okay, if, if another offer comes in, are we doing showings? Like, where are we at here? Like what, what, right. are we, yeah. So that I can convey it to the other Correct. agent. Like, yeah, we're good unless. Yeah. Because or, they always yeah, ask that period. too. Like once they're under contract, they always will ask like, what if another offer comes in that's higher? And you're like, mm-hmm, well, I mean, mm-hmm, you stop mm-hmm. sort of, that's right. Sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, if there's infections, true. they can reopen it. And then you're unstuck. Yes. This is, I guess this isn't exactly the same. I was thinking we're having a lot of that with um, when we're doing inspections for information purposes only, which is happening a lot. A conversation that I have to have with my buyers is that you know when, when they ask, well, what if something's awful? I can still get out of the contract. Yes. And that's and. not how we're walking into the deal. Like this is not in the back of our head that there might be another opportunity. Right. Right. It's not quite the same, but it's that. It is. It's the other side of the coin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess I just always try to sleep at night, you know, like, uh, without. That's why God invented Xanax. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) So realtors can sleep at night. That's the thing. I'm totally kidding. We know you're not. I think that's going to have to be the end of today's battle. What do you guys think? I think clearly you can see, you know, Jen and I falling a little bit on both sides of this, but be curious what you guys think. Please go to, well, you can go to our Facebook page. That's Real Estate Fight Club podcast. You can go to Instagram, Real Estate Fight Club podcast. You could just message Jen and I, like anything works. We just want to hear from you. But more importantly, I want to know what is your green room temper tantrum must have. (laughs) That's it. That's what I feel like the most creative, biggest, most ridiculous answer needs some swag. There it is. Watch the last time we had a mustache. I had a mustache. This one's like, you please have to watch our YouTube channel. That's a weird one. Okay. That's better. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I don't like it. It's yeah. scaring me. All if right. you uh, didn't, are not watching us right now, I just had on some funky glasses. <laughs> and if you um, would like to partner with Monica and I or explore that and see if that's something that can work for you, please give us a call or a text at 513-400-1691. All right, Monica. Thank you. See you next time. Ciao. All right. I have a special tiebreaker for us today. I am here with Ana Maria Velonueva. Hey, Ana Maria, how are you? Hi, Jen. How are you? Good. Thanks for, thanks for being on today. So I wanted to bring you on. You are a real estate agent in Panama and the brokerage is, pot, let me try it. Hold on. Padeco Realty. Is that right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Padeco Realty. Yes. Perfect. And I thought this would be a good question because we want to learn about how other real estate agents in other countries kind of do business because it's fun to see the differences. So the question is, is are verbal offers, should they be accepted? Okay. In Panama, we don't accept verbal offers. Okay. We send a form, mm-hmm. which is 
company has their own form or we belong, many uh, real estate companies belong to association here. It's called ACOVIR, which means Asociación de Corredores de Bienes Raíces. It's optional, it's a private organization and they have specific forms that you can use. Okay. Also, you can do it via WhatsApp. It's not recommend, recommended, but it's it's also legally binded since it's written right. or email. In Padeco, we send forms, but we okay. see a lot of cons in doing a verbal agreement. Yeah. First of all, it, there's no proof. That I mean, that's the thing, but let's back up and share that in Panama, while mm -hmm. there is a push for people to be a licensed real estate agent like yourself, not a uh, many, many people are not licensed. Correct. And there could be multiple people like representing the property and the property could be advertised at different prices, right? Correct. <laughs> so confusing. I know it's super confusing. We're now trying to push the MLS system, the same that's, that the US has. Yeah. But it's really hard to change people's mindset to give one property to one realtor since right. they think their possibilities would be better off in different baskets. It's not so true. You can, I know because if I get the exclusivity of one property, I would invest a lot more in advertising, right. in time, time, yeah, time, everything. So here, everybody has every property. We're trying in Acquire the association I just mentioned. We're trying to, to change the mindset of property of of property owners. Yeah, with them to switch. So here, the minimum for a realtor to have an exclusivity of a property is six months. Okay. What about states? You can kind of do whatever you want. Um, people do different things. We do three months. Okay. Here, the minimum is six months. But if it's not, we need to do another podcast on this. Yes, for sure. Okay. So back to the verbal offers. So I imagine that there is a lot of conversation going on because you have all these people that are representing the property. Then you probably have the buyers that are like, well, can I get it cheaper somewhere else? Yes. Right. So is that done verbally or is that still always written? Okay. For example, you see the same property in different prices yeah. and there are multiple websites that they, they do it. Many people you see, there are many brokerage firms that they didn't even talk to the, pro the property owner. They just copy from you and they just lower the price for someone to call and then they switch the price. They switch <laughs> it up. Yeah, I know. It's oh insane. my God. But they're saying like, okay, this one have 10K less the property. I'm going to call this one instead of that one. And right. They haven't even talked to the property owner. So it's, it's super insane. So that's why Encuentra 24 on all that sites, it's not trustable information. Yeah. For so the buyer, you know, has a lot of options and he doesn't even know which one he could trust. Right. That makes sense. Do you have exclusive representation on the buyer side or no? Well, his property, no, on the buyer side, no, he, he could go to another one. There's no contract or anything. Girl. Like ethic. Oh, please. I know. I know. This I know. is it's terrible. Insane insane here in Panama. They are trying to standardize everything and yeah. try to emulate the states because it's have a little more accountability, I think, too. Yes. Well, talk to us. What is because most of the audience are real estate agents in the United States. Is there anything that maybe you want to share with them if they're not familiar with 
like how to help their clients if they want to buy maybe an investment property outside of the United States in Panama? Like what, is there any advice you can give them or can you give us your contact information so that they can call you directly? Sure. Okay. In Panama, there are the, in the last year, October, 2021, they just changed some laws mm -hmm. which are very beneficial for people all around the world to come to live in Panama. We depend on foreign direct investments. So they, the country is trying to push visas. So yeah. visas for people to come here. So for example, US specifically, which there are different countries that have different set of requirements. Say, yeah. Requirements mm -hmm. and agreements with Panama. US specifically, since it's a friend of Panama since forever, You can invest in Panama for $200,000. You have to invest in cash, not in a mortgage property. You could either invest it in a property, in Panamanian stock market. You could put it in, I don't know how to call this in, in English, but in the bank, a deposit. In a the deposit, bank. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a deposit. It's a deposit, which yeah. here, for example, the interest rates are bigger than in the States, for example, you could have five to 6% return, I think in the US. In a bank zero. deposit? Yes. Yeah, yes. we're like zero, basically. Obviously they freeze it. Right. And the, the, most, the, the most amount of years, obviously the interest goes. I see, so it's like a CD. We have a something similar. CD. Okay. That's the word I was looking at. So okay. you can put $200,000 in a CD in the stock market, or you can buy a property, which is the most smart thing to do since you buy the property and you can use it as, as, as an investment. Yeah. You can rent it. There are a couple of properties here in Panama. Now they're, well, in Panama, it's forbidden Airbnb in the city, but now they are giving permits to certain buildings in certain areas yeah. that they have this permit in the city. In the beach, you can do whatever you want. You can Airbnb every day. There's nothing they can do. The beach so, is where you want your property. <laughs> Probably, or if you don't want to Airbnb because you're not here, well, there, there are plenty there's of companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's companies that they can help you with that. But you know, the easiest thing for a foreigner is basically to, to rent long-term. So you can do it and you can analyze with a yield, I don't know, if between six, 7%. You, it's, it's possible here in Panama nowadays. The real estate market is not as high as in the States. It's a little mm -hmm. bit lower since the pandemic and the past right. few years has been a little bit down. So you still can get good prices here and still could get good rents. So the smartest thing to do here is to invest. It could be from $200,000 and not whatever you yeah. want. Yeah. Right? And you can get, you can get a visa. People should know that in Panama, they do use the US dollar. So it's easy because there's no conversion. So you really understand the money. And then also if they, um, when I was there and I visited you, we went mm -hmm. around and looked at some properties so they can see that um, on both of our Instagram pages, um, they can see some of the properties that are available or similar ones that if those aren't available, you'll have similar ones that are some good investments. They're very good investments here in Panama, exactly. So you can buy in the beach, you can buy in the mountain, you can buy in the city. There are plenty of options here in Panama and you can get your visa I mean, for if you don't want to be in the States or you want a, an investment mm -hmm. or you or, or we're very busy. We have tax friendly policies. Yeah. And, you That's know, why and, people are moving there. A lot yeah. of people are moving like out of like the United. Well, 
I mean, they're moving to Puerto Rico for the tax, which is considered, I guess, territory. But then a lot of people are looking at Panama too as a tax shelter. Well, if people have further questions, they can get a hold of you on WhatsApp, right? For sure. I can give you my phone number. It's yeah. 507, which is the area code of Panama, and it's 6617-3034. That's my cell phone. You can contact me directly with any question. More than happy to help. Also, you can log in in our Instagram, which is Padeco or Padico. <laughs> it's P-A-D-E-C-O Realty. Padeco Realty. We have in our Instagram. Or you can write me an email to a Villanueva, which is V-I-L-L-A-N-U-E-V-A at padecorealty.com. So anything you want to invest here in Panama or you have any questions regarding the banking system, the currency, what advantages we have. We are a connect, a connect uh, country. We have a lot yeah. of ports. We have five international airports. We connect 90 flights per day. We have five ports. Um, we don't have the on. We have good empanadas. We have good empanadas, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Caribbean and the Pacific. You can go yeah. from one side to another in two hours, which is insane. If you don't like humid weather, we have a place called Boquete, which the temperature there is really nice. It's 70 Fahrenheit approximately. That's nice. And you guys didn't take me there. No, because it's far. It's oh. an eight hour drive or one hour drive, one hour plane. Oh, I gotcha. Cool. Yes. If you could have stayed more days, for sure, we have taken you to Wokete. I'll be back. <laughs> and there's a huge expat community. A yeah. lot of people speak English. Menus are in English. In Panama, we, like, I don't know if your, your listeners know the story between Panama and the United States, but we have been bonded for centuries. <laughs> right. A long time. <laughs> you guys build our canal. So we were very... Um, empathetic and friendly with the U.S. Mm -hmm. and That was my experience there too. And even though, I mean, the Spanish is very nice Spanish, like not a lot of, like you guys are, the people I met were really nice and easy to deal with. And they would let me try to speak Spanish, even though it's terrible or, <laughs> you know, what I mean? <laughs> so I really enjoyed it. Well, give us your phone number on WhatsApp one more time, um, just yeah. so they have it. It's 507 six six one seven three zero three four perfect i appreciate you being on thank you thank you jen thanks for listening to this episode of the real estate fight club podcast make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get updates when new episodes are available and we truly love feedback and would appreciate all likes reviews and suggestions for future topics 